This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national, and international news, interviews, and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. G'day and welcome to Battle of Two Metal, Metal Heads Radio. This week we're going to be having basically a hard rock affair. Uh, we're going to be looking at two bands, Hardcore Superstar and Ghosts of Sunset both uh, have got interviews um, and then we will be playing some Rage Against the Machine to finish off the show this week so it's a pretty full on show um, first off we're going to be having the band uh, the interview with Vic Zeno from the band Hardcore Superstar uh, before we do that we're going to play their, uh, one of their singles off it, uh, we're going to play, play the track Weep When You Die so enjoy it and then we'll get straight into the interview.
we're talking with Vic Zeno from the band Hardcore Superstar. They've just released their newest album, Abracadabra, their 12th album, uh, March 25th, which was uh, just yesterday. Dude, you must be... Uh, I mean, did you have a brutal night last night? We actually had a gig last night. So it was a, it was a good uh, release party. We oh, just nice. uh, in, enjoyed the gig, and then afterwards we actually started talking about the new album or the upcoming album. I mean, after this one, we just kind of started planning what's the next step. So that's how we, how we work in this band, this kind of step forward all the time. Oh, mate, that's absolutely fantastic, mate. I mean, you only yeah. just released this one. I mean, I that's the thing, though. I mean, you guys have been releasing singles off this album for the last pretty much nine months. I mean, like, it yeah. was only a few days ago you released the sixth track, Abracadabra, which is also the title track. I mean, you must have got some sort of gauge on how people are um, enjoying it so yeah. far. Yeah, it was very, very clear that people are digging this album. Uh, we Our point kind of what we wanted to create with the album really hit the spot with with, with our, our listeners and the new listeners as well so we it's it's a, so far it's a success in, in our eyes and so oh mate that's absolutely fantastic mate um and you, you said the i mean you sort of had sort of some sort of goal or idea here could you tell us a little bit more about that was it a reaction to the kind of we didn't want to do the same thing as we did the previous album and we kind of wanted to, we started talking about, so what are we as a band? What, what, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And all, all that stuff. So what, what should we focus on? Oh, so well, that, that era was fucking awesome. Let, let's try and, and kind of, you know, look back to the self-titled album. You know, because if you listen to both albums, there's, there's a certain rawness to both of them, that it's very similar. And there's like a very... Uh, red line going through both of them that's like a combining them too so i guess i guess a little bit of a, a look back to 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 the self-titled album i guess all right that's absolutely brilliant mate and so how long have you been actually having to sit and wait for this to get out <laughs> good question <laughs> uh, i guess the the recording of the album was finished uh 2020 december yeah. 2020 i remember it well uh and then, and then after that, the, the, the mixing started. And the, which way should we go with the mixing? You know, what, are, what, what do we want? So, and then it got finished like six months after that. So I guess, you know, it's been... It's the last two years. It's new, it, yeah, it, it's new to the world. But for us, we've been living with it for quite a long time. Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, that's it. I mean, that's why you must be absolutely wrapped to finally have, it, have this beast out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, it's out. Awesome. Well, I mean, thinking back two years ago, could you tell us a little bit about the, the writing and recording process? And I mean, was it much different this time around other than that the, you had that focus that you talked about? Uh, we, we knew that, we, that we're going to record it live. Well, the, the, the foundation, right? the guitar, bass and, and drums. That, that was very important to, to get that live feel, the, the rawness. Because if you do one thing at a time, it, it, it comes out a certain point. Especially if you can edit, edit it, uh, it, 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 it gets a bit too, um, too perfect, if you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, our, our, our biggest strength is being a, a, a real rock and roll band. Uh, and and our, our strength is live. Live, it, it, has a, it has a nerve to it that kind of 
really don't know what's going to happen. Something can, you know, and that's kind of what we wanted to to achieve with the, with the foundation of the album. And then you start building and just creating a sound and all that stuff that comes with recording. Also, I mean, how much fun was it to do that? I mean, because a lot of people, when they go into writing an album or anything like that, but like you say, recording it live, you know, I mean, it must have a whole lot, that, that, that band element, because, I mean, like you talked about, when you go in there and you're recording by yourself and you're just recording your guitar tracks, I mean, it must feel a little bit, you know, disconnected to an extent as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you kind of play off each other. If, if because we we had to of course rehearse the shit out of ourselves to to get to that point where we can actually play play as 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 well as as uh, as possible so we we rehearsed a lot a lot yeah um but both together and separately you know with individual uh, kind of oh this part is pretty tricky i need to figure this out by myself so i don't take anybody else's time you know so, uh, but yeah, we we came well prepared. To, yeah, to the recording. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely. Brilliant. I mean, and that's I mean what I'm trying to get at here is I mean that importance of, of that uh, you know being together and that that whole jamming thing. I mean, mm. like you said, you go through these rehearsal periods and all that. Mm. I mean, is that something that COVID's helped with in the sense that you guys would have been off the road for quite some as well, mm. some time as well? Yeah, definitely. Of course, we we. The, the whole focus was was towards the album. We didn't have anything else to 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 think about. Uh, touring can come in a way, absolutely. But this was uh, it was it gave us time to record proper demos and kind of because that's what we do. We we always record demos. Uh, whoever writes the song kind of records the demo, uh, and then we kind of oh did that part change that part do this and that, that's how we kind of come to the finish finished foundation of the song and then we get together and then we start playing it together and like, this does not feel right we need to change that we need to change that and then we maybe do live recordings ah this you know this feels wrong we need to change so it's, it's a process but we have a, a, a demo when uh, of every song that we are going to record there's a demo yeah awesome mate so um for your own personal experience and for the whole writing thing, um, how does the music come to you? I mean, do you like hear little riffs here and then as you're wandering around and sort of write these things down or is it um, something like you'll hear a lick or do you hear complete songs? I mean, what do you, how does the music come to you personally? Well, like you said, it could be a rhythm or a little snippet of something or whatever kind of song it is or, or, or somebody playing, oh, that sounds cool. Kind of, that, that could be an interesting idea. And then you kind of take your phone, like everybody else, and you kind of record it, blah, 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 or have a guitar with you. And then the tricky thing is to actually take it from the phone to, to, to the computer, recording a demo, you know. So I guess uh, having ideas on your phone is not the same thing as actually having songs. So to all those people that have a lot of recordings, including myself, Take those recordings and try and make songs out. Well, that's it. I mean, you just have to look at Kirk Abbott and his experience with that, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess everybody has like 55 songs yeah. on, the, on the phone. <laughs> oh, right. that's absolutely awesome. So with this particular album, what would you say has been your favorite song or the song that you're most proud of from this newest album? Oh, my God. Um they they were all very challenging, 
especially when it comes to solos, I guess I've really pushed myself when it comes to the solo part, uh, rhythm section as well, because we had a lot of, we have a lot of heavier songs, uh, slower songs, slower tempo songs that, that we're not that uh, used to because we're an energetic band. Like for example, Dreams in Red and um, um, Forever in a Day. They're, they're a bit, you know, a bit more laid back. And that's, that's kind of when your personality is like really like toward going, going, and then you kind of have to hold back. That's difficult, especially when the tempo, it doesn't really fit your inner energy that you have. It's a kind of, okay, I need to relax. I need to relax. Because kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know how many hours I, I spent on, on uh, um, Weep When You Die, the, 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 verse, the verse riff. Oh, my God. And I recorded myself and recorded myself because I was always pushing, pushing. It, it sounded so uh, somebody that, that, that just couldn't relax. And I was yeah. weak, working so hard to, to uh, find that, um, find that relaxed state where, where it feels comfortable. Oh, dude, that's my favorite song of the album so far. Anyway, I, I absolutely right. love that. I mean, <laughs> that opening and that riff is just, you know, it's really cool. Though. Yeah, 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 it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. Stuff. So, uh, I'm glad you spent the time on it because it really came out well, eh? Oh, it did. Man. I spent a lot of time on every song. It's it, every song had challenges of its own. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Have you, have you ever try, tried to play a 12 string guitar? Man, those things are difficult. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like, dude, there's like so many strings. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, that's it. I mean, are you going to be bringing it out for when you play live? Uh, the, the 12 string? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to go home and practice, though. <laughs> 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 oh mate, that's absolutely killer. So um, you, you said you guys did the um release show last night. How was that? It was good. It was uh uh we we uh, for the first time ever we played Abracadabra and Forever in a Day live. Yeah. That was that was kind of the, the premiere for those two songs, and that, that was kind of because there's it's one thing to to learn it at home. It's yeah. one thing to go to the rehearsal space and, and play with the band. And there's a whole different thing going and doing it live. It's just yes. totally different beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's how it was you, fantastic. It was fantastic. You'd get first show nerves, wouldn't you, still? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you can so, really tell that. You can really tell that when you're looking around. It's like, okay, everybody's focused. <laughs> you know, it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh man! I mean, the, the crowd would have gone nuts. So, eh? I mean, how how was the environment? I mean, because a lot of people have been locked up and everything for so long. You know, um, is this your first show back, uh, sort of pre uh, post COVID? No, actually, uh, last year, November, December, when COVID was over, ish, ish. <laughs> we did we did we did every every weekend. It was it was mad, uh, and then and then COVID hit back. Um, I guess. January, February, yeah, and then now, now it's gone again. <laughs> now yeah. people are all over each other. It's, it's, it's uh, like it's never been here. <laughs> yeah. Oh mate, that's absolutely cool. I mean, it must be. I mean, absolutely a dream come true to be getting out there playing again. I mean, because for a lot of people like yourself, you know, 
on the road is where you you know do all your hard yards and you know it's where you live almost. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice to see people because you can really tell that people missed live music because it was a packed show last night. Packed people are on top of each other. There were security guards moving people around. It was just madness. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, I mean, down here in New Zealand, um, I we had uh, a, a whole period where there was like the lockdowns and everything, and then we had this big period where there was it was all sweet to go out and that. And I remember going to a show in that period, and it was just absolutely nuts. You know, just people were just going <laughs> crazy. I mean, that was the thing. Even between sets when the, the, the dude, the um, DJ was just playing a few tracks, people were just going nuts. It was, you know, like on a, <laughs> on a different level, eh? Um, and, and, and it just sort of reminded you of, you know, why you go to shows in the first place because, you know, it was like, I mean, that, that, that excitement and that buzz and, you know, I mean, that's absolutely, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As an experience, a musician, you'd know it, feel it even more. But as a fan, you know, I mean, that, yeah. that experience is something quite special. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to be back doing it again. Yeah. Um, so we had tons you, of people. Sorry. Yeah, go, go. No, 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 you carry on, mate. No, we had a lot of people visiting from uh, from Spain, from Italy, from, from, from U.S. yesterday came to the show. I guess yeah. people really want to see a live show, you know. <laughs> if they travel that far to see a live show, you know, that's that's pretty. Um, that's dedicated people, you know. Oh, that's it. I mean, dude, it's an experience that um, you know you, you can't get very uh, well. I mean, it feels like it hasn't been able to got for so long, and for a lot of us, it's pretty almost religious, you know. Um, yeah. and something. The other thing is, I mean, with the, the the way the world is, and in the darkness of this world at the moment, everybody needs some light, man. You know, yeah, that's yeah. also why we need rock and roll so much. Definitely, definitely. <clears throat> I mean, how much of a relief and um, uh, how would you call it? How, how cathartic was it being able to work on the album during this period? Because I mean, there must have been all those struggles of you know not being on the road and all that as well. Well. It's it's uh, I always kind of find a way to focus on different stuff. If if we can be on the road, or we can write a record, or in my case, I started studying music. So just kind of uh, there there's either you 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 bury yourself in in uh, in negative thoughts, or we just kind of rethink it and see it as a positive thing. Because without COVID, I wouldn't be studying music. And without COVID, we maybe wouldn't have had this record out. Maybe it would have sounded totally different. You you don't know. So I, even with, with all the shit that it's brought, uh, I kind of um, it took me to a total different direction in my life. So I guess I I saw it as a as a game changer kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, for a lot of people, it has been a blessing, and it's it's remind us why we we're alive, and you know, and brought families closer yeah. together, and all that sort of thing, you know. So there's been a lot of blessings in it. So you know, that that's why you've got to see it. Um, so getting out on the road, are you going to be getting off to do a full tour and all that sort of stuff through Europe? Or where are you guys going to be able to head out soon? Uh, we are actually at a show right now. I can show you. It's up north in Sweden. Where there's snow and ice and people skiing and snowboarding stuff. Oh, wow. It's so, uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting playing here. I hope it's not cold inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, we got a couple of shows uh, coming up before the summer. Not, not a lot. 
but a couple of them and then the summer starts off and then then that's going to be uh, full on festival time you know we're going to be on the road constantly probably yeah yeah every every weekend oh that is absolutely brilliant any chances of you guys getting down to australia new zealand anytime soon oh hopefully man we haven't been to new zealand though it's it's a shame it's so close but yet it just you know i guess the the timing and, and I guess the financial stuff just doesn't work, you know, which is yeah. sad to bring that shit up, but, but it just needs to work out because it's our yeah. job and all that stuff. But, but Australia, I would love to come to New Zealand. I would love, with all, I don't know how many movies I've seen that's been shot in New Zealand. I just need to get there. <laughs> oh, man, that's brilliant to hear. Yeah. Uh, and you're always yeah. welcome down here, guys. But, yeah, I mean, we understand it's, it's quite often a, a matter of logistics and all that. It can be quite difficult to get over the ditch, so to speak. But, you know, yeah. that's why a lot of us try to get over Australia when we can. <laughs> you know, the, the bands come through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, what about the different formats that um, yeah, and the way things have changed with music nowadays? Um, are you guys releasing vinyl and all that sort of stuff? Um, I mean, I see you guys are quite prolific in the YouTube and all that sort of stuff, and Spotify's and all that. I mean, there's quite a sort of different scene to you know when you when it first started out in music. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we still love vinyls, and we have vinyls coming up with the new album, which is. A- unfortunately a little bit late in the production uh but but yeah we have finals we we i mean it's, it's a new new era and you kind of have to roll with the punches as they, as they speak you know you, you, of course you can release albums uh, vinyls and all that uh, old stuff so to speak but you kind of need to 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 understand that it's how the music business works now you know it, it's streams it's it's stuff like that um it's just an unnecessary thing, or an unnecessary, unnecessary thing to 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 understand. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, it does make it more accessible for a lot of people too. Though, I mean, I, I've noticed like a lot of bands. I mean, even you guys releasing um, a lot more tracks on YouTube and that. Um, and yeah, you know, it's it's absolutely killer. I mean, like I've got a favorite band actually from Sweden, uh, another favorite band, <laughs> uh, Ghost. And then just like oh, two weeks ago, yeah. and they released their album um, yeah. all on the on the on the day uh, on YouTube. And I mean, for, for yeah. the fan, you can't dream of anything better. I mean, I can't wait to get my yeah. vinyl copy of it as well. But still, yeah. dude, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah, I love Ghost. I love Ghost. Oh, they're, they're absolutely killer, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such a fun what a what a, con- what a concept. Yeah, man. Oh, oh they're just such yeah. a fun band, oh, and I love what Tobias does. I mean, I've been watching yeah. some of the shows that he's done through the States just recently. And, you know, um, he, along with the image that he has and everything, he, he just does so much more and he goes, you know, I mean, they, they talk about him being this, you know, uh, a control freak and all that. But, dude, the, what he does um, is just, you know, he's such an amazingly talented dude, but it's also he, he shows himself as a person too. Uh, that's, yeah. But anyway, that's my ghost range. We're not here to talk about ghosts. We're here to talk uh, about you guys. <laughs> uh, I love ghosts. 
Yeah, man. Oh, oh, they're a fun band, mate. Absolutely brilliant. So, um, I was going to ask you on a slightly different t- tangent. Um, um, who would have been one of your most influential guitar heroes when you were um a young fella? Um, and nowadays, who would you see as one of your uh, sort of guitar heroes? Who do you look up to when you um are trying to get inspired to find music? Back in the day, to begin with, I've never tried to. Uh play like somebody else I, I can't I can't and, and I don't want to uh, because if you want to sound like yourself you just need to do stuff that you like that's kind of my, my approach to it and hopefully it ends up in being your own sound that people recognize you like I recognize Slash like I recognize Kirk Hammett whatever you like uh, whatever you think about Kirk Hammett's playing does not matter you can hear that it's his voice which yep. is not a lot of YouTube guitar players do not have a voice. They just have a lot of technique and it just sounds like, okay, yeah, sure. But Kirk Hammett has a voice. Yes. Uh, yes. So, uh, but, but uh, it started off with Metallica, of course. And then uh, I got into more Pantera. Dimebag has been a huge influence on me. Slash, of course. Steve I, uh, Paul Gilbert, uh, Randy Rhodes. Of course, uh, Zach Wild in certain aspect. <clears throat> yeah, there's, I, I love his early stuff where, where he, the, the beardless era. There's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Pride and Glory. I was, I was listening back to Pride and Glory that. yesterday. And dude, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, talking about Zach, I've always had this sort of love hate relationship with him. I mean, like, I, I love some of his stuff to death and it inspires me beyond anything. But then some of the stuff just, <laughs> Uh, I remember seeing him uh, way back in, I think it was like about uh, 96 or something was Aussie. And I got so annoyed because it was meant to be Aussie Osborne and he was Zach playing all these, you know, and I was like, dude, you're ruining the song. I just want to hear Aussie, (laughs) you know. But then years later it was like, oh, dude, I wish I'd enjoyed that more, you know, and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's an amazing, talented guy. You can't take that from him anyway. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh mate that's absolutely brilliant um i've only got a few minutes left with you so um i was going to ask you i've got one more question for you really to ask and that is um words of advice for young musicians oh good good question man. i've been thinking about that a lot uh um understand what you like and what you don't like and what you want with, with your playing Okay, uh, I, I just have a understand what you want to do with your with your guitar playing. If you just want to be a bedroom guitar player, that's fine. You know, as long as you, you're fine with it. But if you want to have a goal of, of playing live, you need to strategically plan your 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 goals, which I didn't do when I was young. Which I hope, which I kind of wish that somebody told me you want to play live. Good, you need to do this, 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 this. Learn this, this, this. You know, kind of strategically working towards the goal. And then if you don't reach that goal, that's okay. As long as you try your best to get there. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant advice. And uh, one other thing I just wanted to ask you about, and, and the sort of the band advice, um, because, I mean, you guys talked about, I mean, playing live together when you record and all that. I mean, that requires a, a fair amount of bonding within you guys to be able to have that understanding. And, you know, how important is that? I mean, because... A lot of people sort of uh, can be not so picky when it comes to getting bandmates and 
things don't work out so well. So how important is that sort of thing uh, and cohesion um, to, to, for your band? Uh, because you're going to probably spend a lot of time with, with the same people. It should be a nice environment to work with. It's, you know, but then on the other side, you have Metallica, you have James, you have Kirk, uh, Lars, you know, those two, you know, the environment that they had, the, the, the hostile, the picture that I have, that they have a very hostile environment towards it, that, <laughs> that, that, that made them creative in their own way. Yes. But of course, uh, it is a job. You kind of working towards it being your income, you know. So you should kind of uh, have nice people surrounding. You. Yes, it's it's a lot it's a lot easier and it's a lot more pleasant experience. Yeah. But of, of course you're gonna you're gonna have uh, arguments. It's a creative process. You're yes. gonna argue. You just need to uh, approach it in in a civilized manner and not kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> Support this show. And others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. G'day and welcome to Metal 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. And for this section we're going to be featuring an interview with John Merchant from the band Ghosts of Sunset. This is our two-parter, so this two, the second section is coming up shortly. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to feature the track No Saints of the City, which is off their latest album, uh, also titled No Saints of the City. Uh, we'll play that track and look me up uh, if you come down um, for the, before we do the first part. <laughs>
talking with john merchant from the band ghosts of sunset they've just released their newest album march the fourth uh, no saints in the city how you going today john i'm great man thank you for having me terry absolute pleasure buddy absolute pleasure mate very killer album very cool you've released two singles from it so far the the no saints in the city and if you're not coming back could you tell us a little bit about those songs sure uh, the title track, No Saints, Saints in the City, uh, sort of sets up, it's not a concept album. Our, our first EP was a concept album kind of based around the 1980s hair metal scene out in Los Angeles, California. And um, No Saints in the City is loosely based around some stories and characters kind of within a major city. Uh, you know, New York City is kind of a touchstone for us. And No Saints in the City sort of sets up all the stories we tell about the characters and, uh, and their lives there in the city. Um, so it's not a concept album, but, you know, we're able to develop some stories and some characters around that idea. And No Saints in the City really talks about, you know, uh, kind of the dreams, uh, the dreams we all have and how we take them to other places to make them happen. And and really, what what reality is like when we get there, you know? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> as they say, you know, all that glitters isn't gold. <laughs> Amen. Amen, man. You know <laughs> exactly right. I mean, that's it. I mean, I mean, on a how on a slightly different sort of tactic to an extent, but sure. I mean, you talk about the city and all that sort of thing. Um, 
how has COVID sort of changed that? I mean, because the, the, the idea of these cities and you go and you, um, for so, an outsider visiting these cities, um, especially for somebody like uh, down here in New Zealand, you know, mm-hmm. we, we go to these big cities and it, it opens your mind. You see all these different people and all these right. different things that you um, used to, well, you used to see. Is that still the situation now? I mean, how much has COVID sort of changed that over there? You know, I believe it or not, I'm a, I live in a fairly small rural town in northern Michigan. Um, so, you know, I my trips to the city are, are pretty few and far in between. Uh, but I think it's affected everybody. You know, you just it, it, the crowds and, and, and people together in one place. It's nothing like it used to be. My you know, I see your maiden poster on the wall. Right. And I can remember I recently, within the last you know, 10 years or so, it was the uh, Legacy of the Beast tour I went to. And, you know, remember what it was like at a concert? You, you, you'd hug a stranger at a concert, you know? Man, yeah. They're playing, you know, they're playing 22 Acacia Avenue, dude, you know? And, and and that doesn't happen like it used to. And that's a shame because those, you know, those big moments where you are with a stranger sharing a moment, um, especially with something like a concert that you enjoyed together mutually, you know, I made a lot of really strong bonds in the course of a three-hour rock and roll show, you know, and uh, and that doesn't happen like that anymore. It's just not the same. Well, that's it. I mean, <clears throat> it's been pretty hard for, um, I guess, for, for you guys as artists, but also as fans, you know, I mean, and that's a big thing. Um, I mean, it is cool to see like some of the the shows are, are starting to happen. Yeah. Um, and and thankfully, I mean, the advent of technology, um, YouTube has made it so you can just about watch any show you want to. Um, Amazing. <laughs> and, and it's so cool. I mean, like last week I was watching. Uh, I'm quite into the band Ghost. And oh yes. I, I was watching some of their shows that they've been playing through the states. Um, and what I really loved though about Tobias. Was he was talk, he sort of would stop halfway through the show and talk to people about you know the anxiety and coming back to shows and you know cool. he, was, he was so welcoming and he was also talking about you know how you felt anxious before you came here and now how do you feel sort of thing yeah was, you know like it's the rock and roll release man we've done that with rock whenever there's been you know heavy times in world history if you look back through all of them. And we, you know, we've been through a lot of them. Rock and roll has always been there to kind of bring us back together, man, and 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 let us know it's going to be okay. And um, and you know, some of that dynamic change. I'll be honest with you, for me, part of the concert dynamic change. And I see speaking of posters, you know, when we lost Dime, that was kind of like um. You know, man, that was sacred ground, the stage, right? You could jump up there and dance and security might knock you down and drag you off. But nobody got killed at the rock and roll show for the most part, you know? And then, you know, tragedies would happen. The Who tragedy back in the 80s, Guns, um, Donington. You know, we saw those things. (coughs) But um, the rock and roll show has always been a sacred place, I think, you know, that, that church of rock and roll. So we need that right now. We need to get back there and um. And, and that's our opportunity to be together, you know, and be with like-minded people and share two or three hours where we high-five a stranger, or we hug a stranger, and and we're all there focused on something that we all love, man. And it reminds us, you look around a concert hall, and it reminds you that, hey, man, I don't know any of these people, 
but we all know the words to this song. So we have this thing we share. So there must be other things that make us alike too, you know? And that's, that's rock it. and roll. That's what we have. Oh, definitely. Eh? And that's one of the special things about going to a show. You know, you're in a crowd, 30 to 40,000 people that feel exactly the same way you do. Right. And that's right. it. I mean, how often do you find that? I mean, unless you're, uh, you you go to church or something like that, it's very difficult to find that sort of thing. And, you know, so it's pretty damn cool. Eh? And it, you just hit the nail on the head, man. It gives us the same thing that that church experience gives us. That's fellowship, you know, that's... Um, that's people sharing in something. And and I remember from my first concerts, you know, when I was a kid going to see bands like Cheap Trick and, you know, um, Aerosmith and all the way up to the Maiden show I was talking to you about. I don't get to arena shows like I used to. Yeah. Um, some of that is an age thing. I hate to say it, man. You know, we just, uh, it's true, mate. <laughs> I share you with you on that one. Show. I love a good club show, you know. Um, those are different now. I can remember being packed in over some clubs, and um, and that'll be there. Everything will be different, but it ultimately is going to be those shared experiences that bring us back together and remind us that we're all human beings, man, and and, and not to be afraid of each other. Well, that's it. And, and, and getting back to the album, which we're, which we're actually here to talk about, I mean, that's yeah. one of the most important things for us at the moment is, is the music. And um, it, it's sort of like, I mean, although we can't get to shows, we need that music. And that's why, you know, it is so Amen. important for, for artists as well as fans, you know. Amen. Well, and, and new music. I mean, that's the other thing. We'll look back in history in this pandemic, this horrible pandemic, also, I mean, I was seeing collaborative things online from artists you wouldn't see together. Um, you know, you'd see things like that. You'd see these really rare, cool performances. I remember seeing one early on in the lockdown, and it was, um, oh, man, Lamb of God did this thing, you know. And they were all at home. You know, they were all in their homes, and they played through a tune. It was great. And, uh, and we did get to see a side of artists that we didn't used to see. Yes. that's good and bad it's good because it <laughs> opens us up and we get to share that with them and we get more we feel more connected to them but it takes away a little of that mystery that rock and roll had when i was growing up you know you never yeah. saw jimmy page mowing the lawn or <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and, I, and, and furthermore i didn't need to see that you know yeah. um i i i liked wondering if he hung upside down in a closet at night to sleep or, you know if he was summoning spirits in his spare time so <laughs> i think they burnt that place down didn't they i think they did, I think they did. anyway on to back to the album uh, writing and recording um process and all that how was it different this time around than the ep you know we kind of followed that same model the same model of the EP we did. The thing I thought, I think about the album versus the EP, I think the songs swing a little bit more. Um, I think they have a, a little more diversity. And and we have, you know, we don't have expectations. We're just making music. I like to say it's no different. If I came over to your place right now and I was sitting in that room with you, you would dig through something there and go, dude, you got to hear this. You'd say, have you heard this? And I'd say, no. You would put that on, and I would go to that shelf behind you and start thumbing through things, and I would learn something about you. 
that's what these songs are. We want to share music with people who are who either like what we like or are open to new things. And um, and if someone listens to it and goes, "Hey, man, that song reminds me of Hanoi Rocks," um, that's not an accident. You know, that's because I love Hanoi Rocks. I want you to hear those things. It's um, I always hated those bands. They, they put that album out that sounded like you know sounded like the Beatles' Rubber Soul, and then they'd go. I've never heard of the Beatles. You know, it's like, okay, you know, or your influences are, those are the things that you take in and you mix them with your own soul. You send them back out and the next person picks them up and gets a, gets a little bit of what you left behind. Yeah. And that's how we keep this thing going, man. You, you know, we've all heard Daryl talk about his influences at Van Halen and, and the rock and roll he grew up on. Never ashamed to share that. Randy Rhodes. I heard all those things in Dimebag Daryl's playing, and yet he sounded like Dimebag Daryl. So I could connect with him because we we liked the similar stuff, but he presented it in a new way to me. That was it, eh? Oh, Dimebag was such an inspiration to everybody. Oh, it was just magic. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about the the lyrical and musical inspiration? We've got a basics of it, but um, yeah. Uh, delve a little bit deeper and, and some of that musical inspiration like i mean for me you just talked about how you suggested you know some tracks might sound like hanoi rocks i mean for me listening to it the first sort of thing i picked up was there was two tracks that um i thought could have been um off a, a bon jovi album from way back in the in the 80s and, yep. and i loved that era i mean and me that, too and, and that was the other thing um you talked about the the EP being a bit of a um, going down the road and a tribute to the eighties here, middle. Mm-hmm. But you've got some awesome stars on this show on, on this album that uh, from that exact era. I mean, it's wonderful, era, man. That's our era, you know. I mean, it really is. That's what I grew up on. That's what I love. Um, you know, a lot of the artists. Uh, I was talking earlier tonight about it. It's like, uh, you know, I, I I can't call Joe Perry on the phone and go, "Hey, man, I'd like you to play a song." Um, you know, some of those things are a little unattainable, but because of this social media, because the world has gotten a little smaller, we were able to present some songs to some guitar players that meant the world to us and other musicians. And with the same thing we would always say, and that's, if you like it, play something. If you don't know hard feelings and, um, and then to have somebody, uh, that like a Tracy Guns or, um, a Mark Knight from Bang Bang or any of these guys who you could tell put some of their soul into it. That's the magic for me. Um, and that's the formula we kept on this. Now I, I do, I can play lead guitar and my partner Todd can play lead guitar, but we would hear something in our heads and we would go, this is the guy who should be doing it, you know? And, um, and then when you hear that back, it's, uh, and you can tell they put their heart into it, it moves the whole thing along. And, and again, it's no different than sitting with two guitars in a room and swapping licks back and forth. It just happens over the internet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, it's killer. And I mean, I, I'm from that era too. I love that music and it was, it's, it's good to sort of go back. I mean, I think at the moment with the whole COVID thing, everybody's sort of reflecting a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I, I myself are looking back at those times and, and looking back to my youth and the, and the great music that was around. Oh, I mean, that's just fantastic. And, and dude, they're reissuing so much vinyl as well from back and then. Oh, mate, it's like a a, a, a young boy's wet dream. <laughs> well, it really is. It re- and the other thing is that I'm blown away by, 
is, um, you know, social media, Facebook's a great example. I have molded my Facebook to be predominantly things of musical interest, oh, glam rock sites and 80s rock sites. And, and now I got people who are like, to the, I'm, you know, here I am, an, a grown man, and I still get someone going, you got to check this cassette out from 1983, you know. It, it was that band that maybe didn't make that switch over to the big time, which is what I always liked anyhow. Yeah, there were the Aerosmiths and Leopard and Jovi and the big arena bands, but I like the bands down here that had a little more dirt under their fingernails, and, you know, you could tell they weren't showering regularly and they were uh, having the time of their lives, you know. Well, that's it. I mean, I, I sort of hunted out some vinyl myself and I was just coming across and I'm hopefully going to win. I'm bidding on an auction for uh, Gorky Park. Now, I don't oh, know if you, the Russian metal band. The Russian metal band, dude. And, man, I mean, yeah. like, that album, I remember getting that as a cassette because down here in New Zealand, we didn't. We got the um, the, the Moscow Peace Festival um, okay. and, and we got to see it, but um, it wasn't a big thing here. Whereas, but we, I remember seeing them and going, who the hell is this? You know, there was the right. Bon Jovi's, there was Cinderella and all that, but... I, I could back. almost tell you, I could almost tell you the single and it was something like bang, da, 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 da. it was something like that. It was, they had a single in the States. Yeah, they did. In a video. Yeah. And, and that was it. And it was like, dude, that, that was those great memories. Final, eh? Good luck, dude. I hope you win that. That's killer. Oh, That's so did I, mate. I was, I was actually wrapped to see it, eh? Because like I had it in cassette so many years ago. Right. I mean, I've still got a lot of cassettes. But you know, yeah. nothing beats getting vinyl, and and I love going back until that all that music. Well, and I never like to sound like you know I'm a million years old, but I'll be honest with you, holding that full vinyl and opening that gatefold up and and flipping it and pull, then the bonus would be you pull the sleeve out and it have more pictures and lyrics and and if you're like me, and I can tell you are, um. You know, that's where we did our research, man. I'd pull that thing out and read the whole thing. And I'd go, hey, this he thanks this person. Who is that? You know, and oh, it's this band. And the next thing I knew, you know, I had discovered three bands because I bought this Bon Jovi album. And I went, you know, who's Dave the Snake? You know, and and then Skid Row comes out and I connect those. Or Yeah, that's the cool stuff, man. Oh, oh, it was, man. That, that was something now. special, eh? <laughs> it was, yeah. eh? Because you know, we didn't have the internet back then. It was all, you know, um, even down here in New Zealand, where I am, we um, didn't get a lot of the magazines. So that okay. was it. You know, the, the record covers were where we got our, you know, our info. Right. You know, you found, right. like you say, exactly like you say, Skid Row, we found through Bon Jovi and, and things yeah. like that, you know. And, and the thing is, you got a chance to, to finally lay eyes on them and see them and, and that's something, again, not to sound, you know, not to harp on it, but I can remember when the concert would come to town, there might be, that might be like, oh my God, I'm going to see what they look like. Or, yeah. you know, we had videos, but in the early days, if you wanted to see the band, you looked at the album and then you got to go out and see them in person. And that was huge, you know, and the oh, production, awesome. the, the way the arena, you know, here in the States, you know, the hockey arena, they covered the ice. So it'd be a little cold in there and you'd go down and it just, those moments are what um, put this thing in my heart that I just, um, you know, my best friend growing up was rock and roll. That's just how it was. You know, yeah. it's in it. And, and here I am an old man. And I'll tell you yeah. the truth. 
my best friend is rock and roll. And I'm talking to someone about it now. And it's no different than when I was 14. And I said, dude, you got to come over to my house, man. I got that new Skid Row record. and We got to listen to it. Or there's a band called Van Halen. I don't even know what they're about. But the guy down the road played me a song. And, you know. That was it. It, it was a special time. Eh? It really was. And, you know, right. I love to look back at that. But anyway, back on to, to your music and, and the album, because that's what we're yeah. really here to talk about. Um, if you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle 2 People's Radio. Okay, we're now going to play the part two of the John Merchant interview. But before we do that, we're going to play uh, two more, uh, well, another track, uh, Look Me Up, if you come down. And then after the interview, we're going to play the track, Bastards of the Bowery.
come to you how does um you know uh the yeah i guess that's it how does the music come to you um for you know yeah the process so to speak is uh we normally my partner my partner todd and i have been friends and bandmates for over 30 years we went to high school together um played in all sorts of bands from country bands to rock and roll bands you name it um It'll normally start with a musical idea, a riff, per se. Um, And that can be 13, 14 seconds. You know, it might be, and you go, oh, okay, I can build on that. And and then we kind of get a framework, a skeleton, we call it. We get the skeleton down. And that'll start telling you, okay, this feels like the chorus, and this feels like a verse. and, and, And then hopefully that music moves you to start thinking about characters and stories and you know, it's cool. I think it's cool that there are, you know, I think Girls, Girls, Girls is a cool song. Yeah. Um, I really do. But I also come from a place where I like some stories and I like songs to unfold. And I, I mean, I, I was in the States, you know, I don't know what they're called in New Zealand. I grew up as just a burnout kid, you know, a burnout metalhead kid. And yet there I was in my seventh grade English class being the smartest kid on earth. And I got that from Iron Maiden. You yeah. know, I, I wasn't reading the classics and I was, but I listened to a lot of Iron Maiden. So if Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner came up, I could tell that story. You know? Yeah. So we tried to develop some stories that people can grab onto and connect with some characters and, you know, make these, and I don't want to get too hoity toity about it, but, you know, make these little movies you can watch because that's how rock and roll was for me. You know, um, I could hear those stories and and I made before music videos were super popular. I made my own, you know, yeah. there were no, you know, there was no um, you know, early era. There were no videos for Toys in the Attic from Aerosmith or anything like that. So I made those in my head. And and um, so that's what we try to do. Always the music is serving the purpose of furthering the story. So if we need you to feel some way emotionally. We let the music and the lyrics do that together because that's what's taking you on that journey. Oh, that sounds, I'm sorry, that sounds really pretentious, dude. It's, that makes me sound way smarter than I am. But really, it, it, it's why, um, you know, it's why guys like you and I are still talking about these songs we grew up on. Well, like, that's we're not talking about the hair. We're not talking about the clothes. And we're not talking about the makeup. We're talking about songs. And those are the things. Those are the things left behind. You know, the doors don't exist anymore, man. There are, yeah. There's not a band called The Doors. Those songs are being played right now. Well, that's it. And, and for, I mean, like from talking to you, I mean, 
it's that that relationship with you and Todd that mm-hmm. that's lasted this long through, and you're still doing it, and that's the, the the thing, and that's telling those stories and and sharing your soul. Yeah, well, and you know that comes from a lot of I think a lot of mutual respect. Um, Tom Long, and I wish you'd be here tonight, but he is um. I mean, he's really, honestly, um, he's the guy you need in your band. He's good. Yeah. He's always got the drive. He's always got the energy. He's focused. He's He's got a wide musical palette. You know, I kind of liken myself as an all-over music fan. I like all sorts of genres. Um, but we all have those things we call guilty pleasures. <laughs> Todd Long doesn't have them. If he likes it, he likes it. And he'll never feel guilty about it. So, when Taylor Swift's 1989 album came out, I'll never forget. Todd called me and was like, dude, you want to hear some great songs? Taylor Swift has. I'm like, who's Taylor Swift? You know, the girl <laughs> from country radio. And he goes, no, you got to. And sure enough, the songs were there. And you and I, rock and roll guys, right? We still kind of, you know, I hear Taylor Swift shake it off. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's catchy. Or when growing up as a kid, the 80s pop stuff, you know? Sexy yeah. Midnight Runners. I wasn't going to see him in concert. I went to see Chuck and Aerosmith and Ted Nugent and, and you know Motley Crue. And but boy, when that you know when that Men at Work song came on, I left it on and turned it up a little bit. <laughs> you know. Oh mate, dude. I mean that's it. I mean I'm a great fan of um of, of uh, stuff like Duran Duran's new album. I know, dude. It just rocks, man. It's not metal, but still it rocks, mate. That's some Ever great music. Making great music forever. Duran Duran is forever making great music. They've done it through every decade. You and back in the day, you would hear people go, "Oh, they're just pretty boys with flash videos." Well, you know, Ordinary World was not that, and there they were making hits in a whole nother. They still sound great live. They they've obviously taken pretty good care of themselves. They look great, <laughs> um, and and those songs are timeless. And we're not talking about the clothes. The clothes have changed. Yeah, they sure are timeless. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Although those guys are still really fashionable cats, man. Durant Durant, oh. fashionable cats. Oh, they are, man. And, and you know, even the, the, the effort they put into the uh, their music videos is still there. And, you know, they oh. still do. It's exceptional. And yeah. that, that's it. I mean, rock and roll is never going to die. People keep on saying, you know, oh, rock and roll's dead. But bugger off, mate. <laughs> no, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And <laughs> rock and roll's never going to be dead because you and I are sitting here talking about you know, new music. We're talking about the music we grew up on, and you and I are here right now. And there's, you know, four 15 year old kids in their basement right now, and they're going to be the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Sure. That, and that's how it is. And as long as that keeps happening, I think the world's going to be okay because there's that's the one that music thing is our timeless thread, man. And if you don't believe it, um, you know, Beatlemania, Elvis Presley, Little Richard, Chuck Berry, all the things I loved and still love right up until, you know, Ghost or Clutch or who, you know, who the hot, you know, who the hot bands of Sevenfold, whoever it might be. There's always something new coming out to keep this thing going. And that's what we're trying to do, you know, as a band. We're just, hey, man, we took an awful lot. I took a lot from rock and roll. I mean, I took a lot. If rock and roll is a library, I checked out every book I could. The least I can do is put one book back for the next person to check, you know? 
Oh, mate, that's absolutely awesome, man. And that's it. Eh? We just got to keep on doing it. And, you know, I mean, it's awesome to see some of these young bands coming up, you know. I mean, I, I love the old stuff, but, you know, it is really cool to see some of these up-and-coming young bands. And we've got so much talent coming through. It's absolutely fantastic, you know. Um, especially, I mean, New Zealand Metal, we've got some young bands, Alien Weaponry, coming through. And, you know, they're making some huge moves over the world, you know. And that's what we need. You know, yeah, is, is that sort of thing. I mean, all those old guys can keep on pottering away and putting out our stuff to keep everybody real and keep everybody on the level. But oh, you got to have that youth coming up. You as do, well. you do. You know what it is? Is there's a lot to be said for the experience of making music over 30 years. We bring we we bring a lot of experience to the table. We bring some intelligence to the table, um, and, and we still have the energy. But there is nothing on earth like the energy of the young. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, rock and roll belongs to the youth, right? That as an old man, I'm like, well, that can't be true. But really, the future of rock and roll really does belong to those 15-year-old kids in their basement. And they don't care what you think, and they don't care what I think. And furthermore, you know, that's what makes them cool. And they're going to come out, and, and you and I are going to listen to them and go, what? Wow, sounds like old Iron Maiden, you know? <laughs> and the whole thing is going to keep going, man. That's all we can hope for. Oh, damn straight, mate. And that's it. And, and I mean, all those young people are looking up to the older rock dogs that are still doing it. And, you know, and that's what we need as well. You know, and that's well, it. Yeah, I, mean, amen. Do, I mean, do you ever think that, you know, 50 or, you know, way back in the in the old, you know, when you were young, that you would ever be where you are now? You know, you know, I I'll tell you, I remember distinctly my, one of my goals in music was I thought if I could play one song all the way through, not just the riff, if I could play the whole thing top to bottom, well, what more could I ask for? Yeah. And then that happened. And then I went, geez, it'd be cool to learn some more songs. And then that happened. And you just keep moving that thing along. And it's beautiful because then you're always striving for something and you're getting results. Um, You know, as an adult, as a grown man, one Sunday morning, I woke up and learned the entire Twisted Sister Stay Hungry album on guitar. I had nowhere to play it. I had nothing to do with it. But I had remembered when I was a kid going, who could ever learn this? It's way too complicated. It's not complicated. But as a kid, it was complicated. And um, and I learned that thing. And I I was an you know, old man on a Sunday morning, probably in my slippers or whatever. And <laughs> And when I finished learning that whole album, top to bottom, I felt like I was the most accomplished 14 year old on earth again. You know? yeah. it, it's never let me down. This thing has never let me down. It's, it's never disappointed me. It's been my best friend. It has been my identity. I wasn't the coolest kid in school, but lo and behold, I found these other misfits, you know, the metalhead stoner burnouts who further, we seem to have more soul than almost any other, you know, the, the jocks and the, all A students, we seem to have a little more soul, a little more street smarts, and we were learning things off these rock and roll records these kids had no idea about. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant, Dave, mate. That's absolutely fantastic. So um, we've only got a few minutes left with you, but um, what song would you be most proud of or, or, or was your favourite song on this particular album? Boy, I, I really like the song Queen of Used to Be, um, kind of about a fallen movie star, an ageing movie star. Um, and my, a good friend of ours, Denny Smith, from a band here in the States called The Great Affairs, 
power pop band like Trick almost. Beautiful band. Uh, played the solo. It's great. I love No Saints in the City. Uh, someone one time early on in the process, we were mixing something. And it might have been Alex Kane, the gentleman who played guitar on it. He goes, this reminds me of Mick Gilder. It was the guy who did Hot Child in the City. Oh, wow. And I went, cool, man. That's cool, you know? And yeah. so I always like Saints. You know, I love them all. I I get excited thinking about the stuff we're working on right now. You know, we're about five deep into the next album. Oh, and fantastic. There are, there are still times, man, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they haven't heard this yet. And by they, you know, our fan base, which is really our fan base is just people who listen to rock and roll with us that, like I said, if they came to the house, they'd drop down on the couch and I'd put a record on and we'd talk about it. It's no different. It's just, uh, it just happens to be, I want to present the best thing I can to them. And I get very excited when, when they say, I like that, you know, I like that, or I hear that, or that reminds me, you know, I don't get offended if someone goes, Hey, that reminds me of Bon Jovi. I go, well, that's probably because I listened to a lot of Bon Jovi. That means I was able to take it in and I was able to put that book back in the library. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. And I mean, <laughs> I love Bon Jovi. And going back to that, I mean, that I've been listening again to the um, the soundtrack that he did uh, yeah. for Young Guns too. And that, yeah, that, Blaze of Glory. Yeah, and dude, I mean, that that was epic, man. And it was, you know, yeah. and that, that was what you reminded me of on two tracks of, the, of your Beautiful. album. Beautiful. And, oh, and I thought, news. dude, that, that was epic, you know. Um, yeah. And it just takes me back to the 80s. I love the 80s and, you know, the, the 80s metal and the 80s rock that was, you know, oh, dude, it was something special. We're hearing it now. I mean, we're hearing that now. The stuff you and I grew up on, um, the young bands that we're talking about, they are taking those influences. They're doing new things with them. You've got guys who grew up. They didn't grow up on, you know, um, Zeppelin and Aerosmith and the Stones and the Beatles, they grew up on Pantera and Horn or whatever it might be. But, you know, they're doing the same thing, man. They check the books out of the library and they're putting them, putting one back for us. And yeah. that's what we do. We just got to keep this thing going, man. We need it too bad. Oh, too right, mate. Too right. And that's it. I mean, this is one of the most important sort of things that we need um, for everybody. You know, I mean, this whole world needs a, a lot of love and a lot of rock and roll. <laughs> well put. This whole world needs a lot of love and a lot of rock and roll. And I cannot thank you enough, Terry, for, for spreading the word for us, for talking about it, for believing in it. Um, it's new. It's kind of uncharted. And we need, you know, we need those same people that you and I were as kids, you know, making that mixtape and bringing it to junior high and our little Walkmans and go, dude, put these headphones on. This thing is called Appetite for Destruction by this band called Guns N' Roses, you know. And I'll never forget where I was, you know, where the kid gave me the headphones and I went, and oh my gosh, you know. And and I was like, wow, it reminds me of Aerosmith, but so much heavier and darker and moves different and and is that what it's really like in California? You know, is it really a jungle? And, yeah. um, you know, maybe someone's going to go, wow, is New York City like that? Are there no saints there? Is it that hard? Is it? And you know what? That's all we want. I just want to do that. And and I want to be uh, I want to put books back in that library, my brother. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant, mate. Okay, I've got to wrap it up. I've got two questions for you, though, before we let you go. First okay. off, um, getting out on the road, were you guys able to do a release show or anything like that at the moment? 
we're in kind of negotiations right now, put the live band together, um, limited live engagements, of course, everything's yeah. up in the air, but yes, you will see us live at some point. Awesome. Absolutely fantastic. And one last question for you. Um, words of advice for young musicians. Take every book out of the library you can. You know, every section you can go to, you take every book you can carry in your arms and then go back and get another load and make sure you're not getting them all from the same shelf.
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. And for this section we're going to be kind of keeping in the uh, the hard rock sort of theme rather than uh, hard heavy metal. Uh, we're going to be featuring the band Rage Against the Machine. This is also sort of like I was thinking a lot because uh, I'm quite pro these um, protests that are going on in our country at the moment over some of the um, human rights issues. Um, but I don't want to get too political. This is not for the show. Um, but anyway, this is just going to be my expression through music. Um, and so we're going to be, first off, we're going to be playing the track freedom uh, and then we're going to have know your enemy
standing on the level of our unconsciousness. For example, what does the billboard say? Come and play, come and play. Forget about the movement. To Metal Metalheads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR Metal to People's Radio.
dreams, all of which are American dreams. One of the things I loved about Rage Against the Machine was, although they had their highly aggressive uh, political music and all that sort of thing, they had some damn cool other stuff. And uh, we're going to kick off that uh, with the track. One of my favourite tracks that they ever had was uh, Renegades of Funk. And I think that says it all right there. Uh, and then we're going to have a cover that they did of Kick Out the Jams. So, without further ado, Renegades of Funk. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Fuck! 
Metalatoo Metal, Metalheads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR, Metalatoo People's Radio. off this now with the track that uh, everybody knows the uh, one and only killing in the name oh damn it's a fine song so enjoy uh, thank you very much for listening and we will catch you
those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces draw the same that burn crosses. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me! Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me! 